So today what I want to do to just give you a guide for what you can do as you're making this decision, I want to give you a biblical pattern for how to make important decisions and how to base them on faith. To do that, I'm going back to the Old Testament to a story of David in 1 Samuel chapter 23. It says, And they told David, Behold, the Philistines are fighting against Keilah and are robbing the threshing floors. Therefore, David inquired of the Lord, Shall I go and attack these Philistines? Now, you need to know a little bit of background to the story. David has been anointed to be the next king of Israel. King Saul is the current king, so David's not actually king, and this King Saul is chasing David to kill him. So David's been a refugee on the run, and he's accumulated these followers that have defected from Saul's army. They've come over to David and said, David, we're your men. We'll fight with you. We'll fight for you. But David's been hiding in caves. He's been hiding in in foreign territories. And so he receives news that there's a town in Israel that's being attacked by their arch enemy, the Philistines. David has a history with the Philistines. And so before he decides what to do, he inquires of the Lord, which reminds us of of one of the two certainties that we must have when we're making decisions. Make sure to ask God before deciding. Don't rush into a hasty decision. Stop and ask God what he would have you do because all of us are influenced by a number of factors in making decisions. George Barna, in his research group, interviewed hundreds of Christians, found out that 90% of believers do not involve God in their decisions. 90%. Which means we just make decisions on our own. And so what David was, was having to fight against was three forces that we often fight against. Number one was emotions. We often make decisions based on emotions. For example, if David was running from Saul and was afraid... Fear could cause him to say, I'm not going to go into any battle. How many times do you have fear keep you from doing something God would want you to do? How many times does fear rise up and dictate the decision you make? I'm afraid of confrontation. We're not going to have that conversation. I'm afraid of failure. I'm not going to step out and do that. I'm afraid of rejection. I'm not going to ask for that. I'm not going to ask her out. I'm not going to apply for that job. There's a fear that rises up. And I just want you to know that fear is kryptonite to faith. Fear works against the development of faith. And so you don't want to be influenced by fear when you're making decisions. Sometimes the opposite could be true. You are so excited about something that you immediately say yes. Who wants ice cream for dinner? Yay! You know, you haven't even thought about it. You haven't thought of the implications of it. And sometimes there are opportunities that come up where you're not supposed to jump on that one. You need to pause and ask God if you're supposed to respond to that one. Another factor that plays in decisions oftentimes are experiences. David could look backwards to another battle with the Philistines, the one where he entered in as a teenage boy, took on that big beast, Goliath. And so David fought Goliath. God beat this giant through him and a few stones in a slingshot, or sling, not a slingshot. And so David has a history. He could say, well, God beat the Philistines back then, He'll take care of them again with me. Now, there's some valuable lessons you can learn from the past, but past performance is no indicator of future capabilities. It doesn't mean it's going to happen again. The reason you won before is because God was with you. You want to make sure he's with you here. And so David knows he's just not going to rush into it. Sometimes people will just simply rely on past experiences. We've had staff members who worked at other churches, and they'll come here and go, at my old church, we did this. That's fine. That's your old church. This is not your old church. These are not your old church's people. This is not your old church's vision. It's a different 
day, a different time, a different group. And so we need to be asking God, God, what would you want for these people at this place and this time? So we don't look at experiences. And sometimes bad experiences can keep us from stepping forward in faith. You have a bad relationship. I'm never going to date guys again. I'm never going to get married again. I had a bad experience at a church. Never going to try church again. See, that negative experiences can often be a deciding factor. And that can be dangerous. But there's something else that can creep up, and that's ego. David could have said, I'm a capable man. I've got it. I know what we should do. And sometimes it may come across as confident faith. But I'll just tell you this. When you see someone who's boasting, and it seems like they just have a lot of faith, it better be coupled with humility. Because if it's coupled with arrogance, it's probably not from the Lord. Because when we box God out and say, I'm going to figure this out on my own because I know what to do. I've got the answer. I'm not even, I don't even need to pray about it. We can get ourselves in a lot of trouble. In that one story Jesus told of a rich farmer who had a bumper crop and packed his barns full, he said, I said to myself, and then he made a decision. I said to myself, if all you're talking to is yourself, you're in trouble. Because <laughs> we need to be talking to the Lord, not ourselves. God, what would you have me do? What do you want me to do in this situation? Which is what David does. David inquires of the Lord. He's asked God, God, what would you have me do? And you know, sometimes God through the Holy Spirit will, will prompt us and guide us. And sometimes he'll warn us saying, no, stay away from that. Turn that off. Shut it down. Break it off. And sometimes he'll say, I'm leading you in this path. Step forward. This week I was in a gathering of some pastors And I shared something with that group of pastors that right before I shared it, it was like the Holy Spirit said, don't share that. But I was so eager to share it that I shared it anyway. And for the rest of the day, I felt this, actually immediately, and then for the rest of the day into the next day, I felt this shame because I had disobeyed the Holy Spirit. So I had to get a hold of all these pastors and say, I did not obey the prompting of the Holy Spirit. And... It was wrong for me to say what I did. And they tried to say, ah, no big deal. I didn't think it was a problem. I didn't take it that way. I said, it doesn't matter what you thought. I I had disobeyed the Holy Spirit. See, I want a sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. When I'm wrong, I want him to kind of knock me down a little bit. And when I'm right, I want the Holy Spirit to affirm me and, and put momentum behind me. And God wants to get involved with the decisions that we make, but we have to inquire of him. We have to have the humility to say, I don't necessarily know the answer. See, not every opportunity is an opportunity we have to seize. Not every door that opens is one we have to go through. Not every battle is one that we are called to fight. And so we have to know, God, is this one that you want me to step forward in? So David, before he would make a decision, inquired of the Lord. But then we read down in verses uh, 2 and 3, And the Lord said to David, Go and attack the Philistines and save Keilah. But David's men said to him, Behold, we are afraid here in Judah. How much more than if we go to Keilah against the armies of the Philistines? Make sure it is God who is guiding. Make sure that God is the one that's guiding you. Because if you go ahead of God, you don't have God's protection. You don't have God's providence. You want to walk with God. And yet, as he, made, as he heard this from God, his own um, soldiers says, uh-uh, <laughs> we shouldn't do that. So David's wondering, did I hear wrong? Did I hear God wrong in this matter? Do you ever do that? You make a decision and people around you, could be your, your team, could be your spouse, says, 
Are you sure you heard that from God? And you have an option. Either you could power ahead and say, hey, I'm in touch with God. I know what I heard. And this is what God wants for all of us. See, I really believe that God leads people together, especially in a marriage. I know a couple that the man feels very strongly God's calling him to the mission field, but his wife doesn't. And I told him, I said, there's no way you'll ever go to the mission field without your wife at your side. You need her together with you. And you guys better be praying for this intently to get on the same page because this could rip apart your marriage. And so uh, in churches, in, in leadership, if, if there's a question coming, we have to ask ourselves, are we really hearing from God? And so what David did was this, verse 4, then David inquired of the Lord again. And the Lord answered him, arise, go to Keilah, for I will give the Philistines into your hand. Okay, I did hear you right. Let's go. Don't be afraid to be humble enough to say, maybe I heard wrong. I'm going to ask God again. But I, I know this. God does not lead two people or two groups of leaders in his church opposite directions. This one's not hearing. This one can't say, I'm hearing from the Lord, and this one say, I'm hearing from the Lord, but they're opposite directions. No, God will always speak in unity. He wants us to be unified. And so David discovers that unity. See, here's what he knows. Where God guides, God provides and I'd rather go to the place God is guiding because I know that if I go there, God's going to provide protection. He's going to provide the supplies I need. He's going to provide everything that I need. It's, it's like an umbrella. I call it the umbrella of provision. That when you're under God's umbrella, and if you stay under that, you're in a good place. You're always in a good place. It's like Nehemiah, and the good hand of the Lord was upon me. God opened doors, God provided supplies, God expedited the project. As long as he was under God's hand. But guess what happens when you decide, I'm going to go over here. You do not have the promise of his favor or his providence. See, God's provision follows God's vision. Where God is leading, God is going to provide for you. When I was a children's pastor, I knew that that God would provide the labors for the ministry. He said he would build his church. He told me to pray to the Lord of the harvest to send forth labors. And again and again, he did that thing. Now, when you pray, and even though prayer is so important, you don't pray to delay, you pray to obey. And when we pray and say, God, show me what you want me to do, it's not so we can put things off, it's so we can get on with what he wants us to do. I'm not trying to delay. Sometimes we say, let me pray about it. It's a delay tactic. No, I'm, I'm saying it's, it's got to be discovery. God, help me clarify. Know what you want, because once you clarify, I'm moving forward quickly. And that's why we want to spend time in prayer this week. God, I want clarity with what you want me to do. In Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 2, it says, Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way. That was in reference to the Israelites 40 years in the wilderness. Let me ask you this. If God can guide the Israelites 40 years in the wilderness, don't you think he can guide you? Don't you think he can guide you in your day, in your marriage, in your work? See, I believe God cares for you more than you know. And I believe God has better plans for you than you'll ever imagine for yourself. And he wants to reveal those. But here's the problem. You and I don't bother to ask him. Because we got it made up, what I think is best for me, and we charge ahead like bulls. God says, slow down, pause. Look to me, and I'll reveal it to you. That's what we want you to do. See, this, is, this project isn't so much about building a next-gen building for kids as it is about a congregation growing their faith. We want to build faith. Because faith will benefit us for, for our whole lifetimes. Without faith, the Bible says, it is impossible to please God. 
That's what God wants more than anything. More than any dollar that any person could give, he wants your faith. That's why we have to pray. God, grow my faith. Stretch me. Take me to places I've never been before. Help me to see what you see. Help me to go forward without fear. Help me not to be driven by my my emotions, my past experiences, or my own ego, but help me be driven by you.